Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Again, for those that don't know me, my name's uh, Randy Thornton. Uh, I would say I am formerly the senior pastor at Grace Church in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Uh, I just gave turned the church over last October to my son-in-law after 35 years of pioneering, founding the church with my wife and family, and and uh, we've seen God do some amazing things. We've uh, been a part of helping plant churches and train leaders, um, and uh, church has grown where we've several thousand people now, uh, but it's just, that really is not the significant thing. The significant thing is just learning how to hear what God is saying and be obedient to do what he tells you to do. Amen? So I'm going to kind of highlight on Virgil. <coughs> Virgil just challenged us. Uh, again, you guys are going to hear me challenge you to develop a consistency uh, to read your Bibles five out of seven days. Now, I typically read my Bible seven out of seven days. <clears throat> but a lot of people read it, but they don't take the time to really connect with God. I mean, they do. They're there to get their soul fed. But God isn't just interested in you getting your soul fed. It's a two-way relationship. God wants you speaking to him, and he wants to speak to you. But the thing is, is we're going to talk about today a big thing, is when God speaks to you, he doesn't just give you suggestions. When God speaks to you, there's a reason why he's talking to you. So what we're going to challenge you to do, five out of seven, read your Bible. And every day, and the reason, why do we say five out of seven? How many of you know one day if you miss reading your Bible, God still loves you? Now, I have pastors say, Pastor, don't do that. Seven out of seven. I go, yes. But five out of seven, been doing it for 35 years. <clears throat> and we've really had an opportunity to see some world changers raised up and, and churches planted and missionaries sent and a lot of kingdom stuff. So I'm going to just give you a method of how to disciple people. So read your Bible, five out of seven. And I typically, seven out of seven. And every day when you're reading, ask, you know, start with a relationship with the Lord and start with God. As I'm reading your word, as I'm praying, God, I'm asking you to teach me how to hear your voice. John 15, my sheep know my voice and they do what I say. So every day is something as you're reading the Bible, as you're praying and something jumps off the page. Kind of, I always tell people, you kind of know what I'm talking about where it just stands out. Like uh, the brother did I don't know, the, the brother that kind of read scripture. That's the same scripture I read this morning. Amen? And I'm thinking, Lord, that's something that stood out to me this morning as I was preparing, even though I have my sermon prepared, I always want to sense what the Holy Spirit's saying. So the brother read a scripture, God is springing forth, doing something new. God is breaking out. God is breaking some strongholds. Okay? Those are some of the things I sense God's saying. So, five out of seven, read your Bible. And every day, we're giving you a journal. We, I encourage you to start journaling if you've never journaling. And then, write in the journal every day at least one thing or a couple things. And it's not just reading your Bible. You're, you're like you're at church here and, and something, just like I just said. I knew, I identified that was something God was saying. Does that make sense? There was a confirmation in my heart. There was a and the awareness that God was in there. So I would write that down. And then at the end of the week, each day you're recording in your journal, at the end of your week I always go back and say, God, if I was to summarize 
what you were saying, just go down and you look through the highlights of what God was saying. And after a while, if you'll just develop that consistency, you'll start to hear from God on a more consistent basis. Okay? Uh, you'll hear me do this a lot since we're kind of uh, launching <coughs> Grace's involvement here uh, on a more consistent basis. And where, where's, where are we going? Uh, so, again, five out of seven, read your Bible. And, I, and when I walk up and ask you what's God saying, you're going, I know exactly what pastor's doing. He's forcing me to develop a consistency. Now, guys, how do you count, counsel a couple, marriage couple? Again, both of them, not always. The men typically aren't reading as good as the men. A couple comes in, they're having all kinds of marital problems. Hey, <coughs> and I'll say, hey, guys, I'm not here to fix your marriage. I'm here to disciple you and help you to learn how to hear from God because God will always, if, if any man lacks wisdom, if he asks God, God will show him. So, We'll start with, okay, next week, I want you to read five out of seven, and then each of you come and share with me what God's saying, okay? He'll come in, how'd you do, three out of seven, I said, don't do that, let's, let's improve, and you know, it's not, nothing, not, just, it's always a funny little, and, and then it just says, hey, let's get better at that, right? Develop a consistency, all right? So, and he'll come back and say, well, if I had to summarize what was God saying, he'll go, this is what I feel God's saying. And the wife will turn and say, that's what I've been trying to tell you all along. And then the wife will read, and she's read six out of seven. (coughs) All right. And she'll say, this is what I feel God's saying. And he'll go, what? That's what I've been trying to tell you. And I found that God is the best counselor. Now, guys, I literally have discipleship groups that are over and multiple ones. And I'll always ask God, who do you want me to have in my discipleship group? A young couple right here is with us from Gates today, uh, Alice and Clinton Casey. I'd never, they've been at Grace forever, but there was, I was walking, praying, who's supposed to be in my next discipleship group, and boom, that guy right there. Okay, Lord, what's his name? Okay, go investigate him, and boom, here they are. Again, he's the guy that they're, I sense some call to ministry on their life. Uh, what that means is that doesn't mean that you're always going to become a pastor. It just means you're supposed to be doing God's work, but sometimes it does. Almost all the people on our staff, we have a fairly large staff, almost all of them were people that God highlighted. I didn't always know them. God highlighted them. I started spending time with them. I started discipling them. And eventually they became part of our staff, part of our pastors, almost all of them. So, so I've, through the many years of discipling people, we've trained up, right now we have right at 10 pastors on staff with us here. But almost all of those guys have been trained in discipling people by, read your Bible, 5 out of 7, what is God saying? And then when God's emphasizing something, like back to the marriage couple, when there's something that God is highlighting in their life, then I facilitate it with, hey, here's a book, here's, what, what does that mean when God's saying you need to change this behavior? Now, what's really cool is in those discipleship groups, almost always, most of them, they go, I can hear from God some, I, it's, you know, I, I know when the presence of God is in a service, but what's really been good is for, we, we meet about for six months, a year, almost all of them start with, Hey, this week I felt this, or this week I felt that. 
And what's really neat to see is all those guys will come, and pretty soon this guy will come in and say, man, I just felt like God was telling me I'm supposed to reach out to my neighbors. And, th- and this is the scripture. And the other guy will come with different scripture. Maybe he heard a podcast. Maybe he heard a sermon. And he says, I feel like I'm supposed to reach out to my neighbors. And, and you'll see that whole group almost, it's just, it's shocking to see how they've all heard different things, but they heard the same Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, the key is, if we learn how to hear from God and obey what He tells us to do, did you hear the words obey? Because a lot of times we can just hear from God and we don't do something with it. And again, when Jesus told Peter to get out of the boat, he didn't tell the other disciples to get out of the boat. But he did tell Peter. And that word is called rhema. When God speaks to you, you know that God's speaking to you. And you it wasn't just that you read it in the Bible, but when you read it in the Bible, you knew that you knew that you knew God was speaking to you. Then you get out of the boat and you walk on water. And I will tell you, I have, I have literally seen thousands of miracles. Almost all of them, not always, many of those miracles were because God said, go here, do that. And as you step out in faith, so five out of seven, read your Bible. Write down what God is saying. Number two, I always ask the question, where do you see God at work? Where do you see God moving in your life, in your marriage, in your church? at work, and if you can learn to see God at work, every day when you get up, you're praying, God, show me, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And then if, if you're wanting to fill the city with Jesus, we're wanting to fill Lynchburg with the power and the presence of God. Amen. Then if every member here at, at Cornerstone starts to get to the place where they're hearing from God, and, and again, we're going to be spirit-filled, but we're not going to be spooky, all right? We're not going to be weird and wacky. Is that a deal? But you can be people when you go to work and, and some guy's in back un- unloading a truck and God says, go talk to that person. And you go, hey, I, I know you really don't know me, but I'm, I'm, I'm praying. And I feel like God wants me to ask you, how's your marriage done? Guys, how many times have I done that? And the guy falls, literally doesn't even know me, and just starts crying. He says, hey, two hours ago, my wife just told me she's leaving me. But if you're learning how to just be sensitive to the Lord, God talks to his sheep all the time. And if you want to see answers to prayer in your life, when God tells you something, do it. Step out in faith. And guys, God's not a used car. If I have any used car salesmen, please don't. Uh, unrighteous used car salesman. You guys know what I'm talking about. God's not a used car salesman. He's not going to tell you something once. Especially when he's trying to teach you how to hear his voice. But if you'll cultivate that habit of daily, what is what are you saying, God? And learn that when the Holy Spirit's within you, he starts speaking and you'll be obedient and you start praying, God, what do you mean you're doing a new thing? Then you start praying into what you know God is saying and confirming it. And then you're asking God, what are you doing? And you start partnering with what God is saying. Then guess what happens? You start seeing answers to prayer. Now, God still hears our prayer. 
just because you didn't feel God tell you to pray for something, God still hears our prayer. But when you know you're asking God, I want to know your will, a lot of us as believers, and guys, I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen amazing things. But there's times when I go through just dry things, I'm like, God, I know I've heard you thousands of times. How about today? Does that make sense? So, as as a new believer, man, you're always wanting the mountaintop experiences where God's on the move. But guys, sometimes God's down in the valley. And you're not always experiencing that. doesn't mean that God's left. He's taking you deeper and doing things. And so, I'm not as dependent that God has to be every service is like, oh my gosh. I've learned to develop a consistency with God. So, Five out of seven, read your Bible. Record it in your journal. Ask God, what are you doing? And the next thing is, you've got to do something with what God tells you to do. So you're praying for your marriage, and God says, you read a scripture about something you're supposed to change. And you're going, God, when are you going to change? When are you going to change? And he says, man, I've already been telling you. And if you'll step out, even when it's not the thing you want to do, and you do it in obedience... There's grace. God's grace is sufficient. His power. In Philippians it says God gives us the desire and the power to do His will. Amen? By the way, we haven't started this sermon yet. I need to turn that timer off. But guys, I'm more interested right now. And again, for those that don't know, you may be visiting. Uh, former Pastor Willie Taylor passed away just recently. And uh, I'm stepping in as the interim pastor. But again, in the timing of God, God was telling me with, her, with an urgency, Randy, you need to pass the baton. We've been gearing for years. And so I've passed the baton. And since, since Willie's passing, I'm hap- I, I have the freedom now to be more involved here. So I'm the interim pastor at the present time working with, with Virgil and Sam and George and developing leaders. And, and uh, I really believe I'm going to tell you some things I think God's doing in this city. I am excited for what God's going to do in Lynchburg, specifically Cornerstone. No, in Lynchburg, but specifically here at Cornerstone. And I believe there is a move of the Holy Spirit on the way that's going to shake us. And so if you're new here, guys, I want to encourage you to come back and be a part of Because I'm going to just tell you, we're going to have to make some changes because this room's too small. And you guys are going, Pastor, man, we've, we've been small for a long time. Well, I'm just telling you, it's not about what's happened in the past. It's not about me. It's not about, it's what God's about. Amen. Amen. And my job now is to prepare people for what God's getting ready to do. And I, I believe that we need to be a, a, the next generation. That means it's not just the people that are here, but it's reaching the people that aren't here. It's reaching the lost but it's also reaching the believers that God brings to this church and equipping them to change the world, to impact the world. And, I, I'm, and again, I want to start really my, that's, so five out of seven, what is God saying? What is, you know, what is God doing? And then be about your father's business. Join God in what he's doing and you'll see answers to prayer. You'll see God use you. All right? So how I disciple people is Matthew 28. And all the things that I, you know, that I tell you, go and teach these things to the people 
And then when you see God teaching you something, guess how I disciple all these young men that I meet with, the young women that the women are meeting with. What is God saying? Let's learn what God's saying. Let's become students in that area. And then that's how I disciple people. Then we take books that whatever God's showing, I, I mentor them with those things. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Pretty simple. <clears throat> so today's message was dream big, dig deep. Now, I want to take a foundation that has been laid. This church has an amazing biblical foundation. Willie was a premier teacher, great Bible scholar, put a foundation of theology and biblical accuracy, and he held the Word of God high. Amen. Another foundation that has been put into this church that is, a, is, is, is that this church has been bound, built on a foundation of intercessory prayer. All right? Minerva, Willie, Minerva Taylor, Willie's wife, prays umpteen hours every day. Annie, I, I'm going to get it right, Annie Dulcie, Sam's mother, those ladies pray. And guys, there are many of you here pray. There's just a, a, a bedrock of prayer and the Word into this church. And they've been try, doing outreach. But guys, there's a, there's a season when, when they're in the book of Revelation, it talks about where the, there's the prayers of the saints that have been praying, God, when are you going to do something? God, when are you going to pour out your Spirit? In Revelations, I believe it's either five or eight. I looked it up and forgot, but that's all right. That's why I have to help people have to help me all the time. All right, we need each other, right? And it says that those prayers are sitting in that bowl, and some of us are going, God, I've been praying for the lost. Yesterday we had a leadership meeting with some of the people here, and they were just going around the burden for the lost and for this community leaked out. And so we've been praying for a move of God. We've been praying for the lost to come to the Lord. Guys, how many of you know you, just because we have the largest Christian university in the world, many of those people, how many of you know you can go to church and not know Jesus? How many of you know you can go to Christian Bible college because mom and daddy want you to go and not know Jesus? There are five colleges in this town. How many of you know a bunch of those young people may even have the name Christian on their title, but don't know Jesus? This city is getting ready over the next several years, to see a major move of the Holy Spirit. I feel my responsibility where God has me at this time, and again, I have a little bit of credibility of learning how to hear from God, do what He says, and we have seen phenomenal, amazing moves of God. Amen? So I just want to tell you that I believe that we're at a tipping point. I believe this next 21 days of prayer and fasting Let's ask God to tip the bowl of all the years. And it's not just the people that are here. This city has been crying out for a move of the Holy Spirit. So when it's like this. When the water in a lake goes up, the Holy Spirit. The water, water is always a symbol of the Holy Spirit. When the water in a lake goes up, every boat in the lake goes up with it. So we're going to ask God to pour out His Spirit upon this community and begin to cause the level of churches that have been dead to come alive. 
Churches that haven't seen someone give their life to Christ in years begin to see people come to Christ. Why don't we ask God to do amazing things? Amen? Amen? So what I'm going to challenge all of us to do, first of all, I appreciate everybody here as we're making these transitions. It's really difficult to, to have lost such a loving man of God that loved the Word and discipled so many of you guys. Guys, I believe it was a preparation for what is ready to come. And Willie's up in heaven going, the old coach in him's going, get with the program, guys. Amen? Let's ask God to dump the prayers for this city and for this church to be tipped. And when God does start moving, we're not going to get weird and wacky. We're going to be spirit-filled, walking with Jesus, fire-breathing dragons that are normal people. When people come into this service, people are going to go, I don't know what it is about this service, about this church, but God was in the house. Amen? And the problem that all you're going to have is say, we didn't have any problem until all these new people started showing up. All right? That's yet to come. But it will. So we're going to start our message. Let me see how long I've got left. Is this okay? I've got 13 minutes. Amen. But how many of you know, guys, even on Holy Spirit time, the kids in the nursery? (laughs) Amen. The moms are going, yes, the Holy Spirit, but my kids are going to, they're, and then the nursery workers are going, I'm going to kill that pastor. <laughs> Lord, help me to forgive him in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right. Dream big, dig deep. When God speaks, it is so. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. Now, I just talked to you about reading your Bible five out of seven. And guys, when you know that God has spoken to you, there's a reason that God speaks to you. God just doesn't... Have you ever... Guys, don't say something. Have you ever talked to somebody who they talk... Sometimes our spouse. And they talk and they talk and you're going... And the wife leans over and goes, Are you listening to me? How many of you have ever... When God speaks... Okay, no nudging there. I see that. (laughs) When God speaks, He doesn't speak aimless words. When He speaks, He says, My power is going out And when it goes out, it will accomplish what I have intended it for. Whenever God, wherever God, whenever God guides, He what? Provides. So when God's asking you to do something, it's usually something you can't do on your own. Right? That you have to depend on Him. And it says that when God speaks, Peter, get out of the boat and walk to me. And what happened when Peter believed the word, 
But again, you're having to learn, is this God? Is this me? Is this my emotions? And that's what we're going to challenge you to do is become mature in your ability to discern the Holy Spirit. God's not a used car salesman. He's not going to give you a bad deal. And if you miss him, just say, God, I thought that was you. Let's get back up. The righteous fall down seven times, but they do what? They get back up. All right? But as you grow in your muscle, it's a muscle. It's, a, it's a, it, where you begin to have more of a confidence. God's like, we're his children. And we have some of these little kids running around this morning. And you're going, hey, a two-year-old and a 22-year-old, they're different. And God's going to take us where we are, and he's going to up the ante. How I many of you know God's want, wanted to up the ante? God wants to take all those prayers and those truths that have been put into this congregation and he wants to, us to put it into practice. So as God begins to speak to us, I really do want to hear what you guys are hearing, what God is saying. And then we're going to look for confirmation. Because again, God's not a used car salesman. He'll tell you over and over again. Like my discipleship groups. Man, one of the guys this last year when we had that, the, I had two discipleship groups. One at 6 o'clock in the morning, one at 7 o'clock in the morning. The one at six was at uh, Sizzling Steak and Eggs. And all those guys, it was right before Christmas, and they came and said, hey, we just feel like God's saying that. And they, or was it what, maybe Easter? I forget to whatever one. You know, I forget stuff. But they all came in, and then I went to the, I have a work, some of my workout buddies at the gym, and some of those guys are raw. Does that make sense? They're like, hey, this whole thing of Jesus and following God's brand new. But there's this guy. Uh, Antoine, he's about 320 pounds, massive gorilla, okay? He's a believer. He, he was NFL on NFL team, but blew it because of alcohol. And so he, he fell apart, ended up going to uh, uh, alcohol and drug rehab program, really committed his life to Christ. And so he's there. He's going to church now. But Antoine started being in our, my discipleship group. Antoine is all this God speaking to him. He, he likes Jesus. He likes church. But this God talking to him has got a little bit spooky. All right? So he said, Pastor, this is what I feel God's telling me. And he says, I feel like I'm supposed to go talk to somebody. I'm supposed to tell. I, I, I've never done that before. And so next week he came back and he says, Hey, I just want to share something with you. I, I was in a, a Dollar General. And I saw a kid that I'd gone to high school with. And he called out and we started talking. And he, and Antoine says, Randy, I knew I was supposed to go talk to him. So I went and talked to him and started talking to him about how God had, how he had, he had literally blown his life, how alcohol had destroyed it, how he'd, his life had been changed through uh, committing his life to the Lord. And uh, he says, I just felt like I was supposed to come over and talk to you. And then... A lady on the other side of this aisle, you know, they have the little shelves, you know. Uh, a lady came around the corner and she said, guys, I heard you talking about Jesus. My life is falling apart. And I heard something. Would you, and then, this guy hadn't seen this. So Antoine's now not only talking to his friend about Jesus, some lady comes around the corner and asks him, can you tell me about Jesus? Now, guys, this is a guy who's never had God do this, tell me to do something before. 
But just because he's learning how to step out in obedience to what God's telling him, those first little promptings, how many of you know that guy's going to remember that for the rest of his life? Now, guys, that's just the beginning. When God speaks, his word goes forth, and it brings change. And we and you have a foundation of what's happened in this church in the history. This church will not look like this church in the years to come. Are you guys ready for that? We're going to pray for a bunch of these little kids. Amen? We have two mission fields here. You have the community that are going to be the stay here, live here people. And then you have some of the world's brightest and best people coming in and out of this, going to college or going to Liberty University. And we have a mission field of reaching our community. And you have another community that's going to be a transient community that has the potential of reaching some of the biggest and best world changers and God's placed them right here in your city. For years, I have sensed that's the destiny over this church. So I'm just challenging us. Everything we need to do, what God's called us to do, is in this church. doesn't mean that God won't start adding. And you will have a day when you go, Randy, we didn't have any problems in this church until all these new people started showing up. So we're going to have to make some changes. Amen? Somebody might sit in your chair. (laughs) Amen? So let's get on to the sermon. I have 19 pages and I'm on page number one. This is something God has been speaking to me. This is the season when I, for me personally and for what I'm responsible for, Isaiah 54 is a scripture that God has just hammered into me. Uh, the last couple years because of what God is getting ready to do on the earth. And by the way, this isn't just happening with, guys, I'm a Caesar, let's just say, I'm a little bit, I've been around a pastor for 35, almost 40 years. I'm just getting started, but, you know, I've got another 30 yet to go. Amen? You don't retire, you what? All right, let's just get that in the program. So none of you have a chance to retire. You can take a little bit of a easier pace, but when you serve Jesus... It's not, I retire and stop going with God. Isaiah 54. This is what I believe God is preparing for our nation. Specifically for me, this is what was for our church. It says, enlarge, Isaiah 54, 2, says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cord. Strengthen your stakes. For, with, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispose nations and settle in their desolate cities. Verse 4, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Guys, God's speaking to me, Randy. This was before Willie passing away. This was before... A church in our community says, hey, we're dying. Can Grace Church take over? Launching, helping other pastors launch new church plants. Guys, I feel from, from the Lord prophetically that God is saying He is beginning to prepare for a spiritual move of God in our nation. 
It's not just going to be a, a service. It's working with people, specifically in small groups. But God's beginning to perform. And we need to, God speaking to me, says, Randy, you've been the senior pastor of this church. And guys, we, man, it's like people are, you know who people are having a struggle with me changing my roles? Are the people that have known me as their pastor for all those years. And God's saying, Randy, you need to start spending your time working with churches, preparing them for what I'm going to do. So, guys, guess who God chose? You guys. Amen? So, I'm working with other churches in our city, working with leaders, um, working with, with, I help on a, multiple church oversight teams. But guys, I'm telling them all the same thing. We need to get ready. Now, how do you get ready? You train leaders. You equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Okay? How many of you have ever heard the G- little Jesus syndrome? Virgil, you heard of it? You know what little Jesus syndrome is? Is when the pastor, who's a loving, caring pastor, does all the ministry, does all the marrying, all the bearing, all the teaching, all the preaching. He, he's cleaning the building. He's climbing up the ladder, changing the air filters. If someone's in the hospital, guess who goes to visit him? Little J. Little Jesus. Now, does that, is, that, is God ever intended pastors to be little J? No. He intended them to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So guys, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to be a part of Cornerstone, I'm going to begin to hammer you that every member's a minister, every member's a missionary. You have gifts and callings that God has destined you for, and you can't put it on a shelf. And how many of us have blown it in the past? Guys, God's going to take your hall of shame if you'll turn to him like Antoine, who blew it, got kicked out of the NFL, this behemoth of a man. Now he's leading worship in a church and starting to tell people about Jesus. And his life and his family and his marriage is being revolutionized because he's learning how to walk with Jesus and hear his voice. God says begin to prepare the church. Well, I guess the Lord doesn't want me to read that page. Okay. All right. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. Be, be happy, is, but happy is he who keeps the law. And in Proverbs 29, 18, another version says, uh, without vision, the people perish. Can I talk to you about church? Without a vision for a church, people leave your parish and go to somebody else's parish. Amen? For you, if you're lacking a sense of purpose and destiny, is because you don't have a revelation of what God wants. Somebody's going to let that guy stop. Yeah. Without revelation, without a vision, people perish. In other words, guys, I believe God wants to breathe a fresh flow of the Holy Spirit into your lives. Many of us need a vision for God for our marriage. Many of us need a vision from God for our children that we've been praying for, that maybe have walked away from the Lord. Or you have some of these young ones, things that God's 
what's been fortunate is things that God spoke to me about my children, about their names. Things that He told me when they were infants. And why we named them what they named is what they would become. It's been my privilege to see my children grow up and to have them walk with God and to start seeing those things fulfilled. Amen? So guys, now I also have some things that God told me when I was 19 years old that I've held on to that haven't come to pass. So do I give up? Or do I keep on, like Annie and Minerva, praying and praying and praying? You know what praying? Pray. Pray until something happens. It's called push. Guys, there's going to be some things like, man, you pray. It's like, Lord, I know you answered that prayer. But man, the one I really want you is that son of mine. Or that wife of mine. Or that husband of mine. God, how many of you have some of those prayers that you're still crying out to God for? Guys, why don't we during this 21 season, 21, 21 days of prayer and fasting, why don't we ask God to break the stronghold of the enemy and then call forth, Lord, I take all those prayers of years and years and I'm asking you to dump them out. I'm asking you to bring them into fulfillment. Like in the book of Daniel, Daniel wrestled. God had already sent the answer, but it was 28 days. Guys, there's some things I've been wrestling with for 40 years. God, when are you going to do something? I'm not stopping following Jesus because that part hasn't come to pass. Because God says, when I speak my word, it goes forth and it will accomplish. Deal Moody prayed for a mighty man of God historically. He had three friends that when he got saved, he started praying for them. He prayed for them every day of his life. And when he died, they, they hadn't come to Christ. But within the matter of a few years, God tipped the bowl. And if he got up to heaven and says, God, man, look at the thousands of prayers that I prayed. And God said, I heard you. My word goes forth. It will accomplish. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. This is a time for us to push. Pray until something happens. This is a time for us to learn how to hear from God do what He says and be involved in our Father's work. Not everything are we going to do. There's lots of good things. Really, there's lots of really good things you can do in church. But what we want to do is what God says is important. Amen? So I'm going to close with prayer. Again, if you're new here to Cornerstone, these are some amazing people. They love God. There's a depth we met yesterday. There's a level of Jesus in this people. Now, some of them were closer to Jesus than others. So that means we don't have old people at Cornerstone, right? But some of us are closer to Jesus. Guys, we need to reach the next generation. And some of us older ones need to realize we've got to open the door for those who are coming behind us. Amen? That's my goal right now is, Lord, help me to train up a bunch of pastors and leaders and prepare them to carry the baton for the next 30 to 40 years. Amen? So we're committing to 21 days of prayer and fasting. I don't know what your prayer might be, what you're fasting, 
but sometimes giving up whatever it is. Some of you need to to be healthy or whatever. Just find something. There's different plans. A Daniel plan. Just eat meats and or just vegetables. You know, guys, or or giving up something. If you're kind of new to fasting, give up something, but don't just give it up. Replace it with prayer and reading your word. If you're kind of new at fasting and you say, hey, I don't really know how this works. Well, choose seven things. You're, they have a prayer guide of things they want you to pray for the church. Choose six or seven things that you are praying about. Write them down on a piece of paper and pray for those three times a day. You're giving up a little meal. Man, Lord, here's my seven. My, that son that's not walking with Jesus, God. That pastor that preaches too long. Now, guys, I would ask you to pray for me. I really believe, for me personally, God is using, I am seeing some of the most amazing things in my life. But I'm also telling you, I'm seeing some of the major, the worst opposition who the enemy would like to take us out. Amen? Same thing with you. You start walking with God. If you're, if you're, if you're doing, just living a life that's not, serving God. You don't have to worry about too much spiritual warfare because why should Satan mess with you? You're religious. You're not doing anything for Jesus. Right? Man, hey, they leave those guys alone. If you find somebody who's walking with Jesus, knows how to hear from God, and does what he says, you can expect some opposition. You can expect during this prayer time of prayer and fasting, the enemy's going to kick you into teeth. And you're going to tell him, take a hike, Satan. Because I am not giving up I am going to double. You mess with me, I'm going to pray for ten people to get saved. Amen? So, let me close in prayer. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.